Hey everyone, it's Poetry Says. I'm Alice. I didn't want to do too many more of these without talking about Judith Wright. Not just because I wanted to make sure I talked about an Australian poet pretty early on in the piece, um, but also because being away from home at the moment, a poet like Judith Wright really it starts to take on a whole new level of meaning. Being away from home, you miss your landscape, even if the landscape that's familiar to you has a lot of problems. And that's what this poem that I want to talk to you about today sort of speaks to. This is really the first poem that, to me, sort of satisfactorily summed up the Australian landscape. I read it after buying the collected Judith Wright, and I was so moved by it to the point that I actually never picked up the book again. <laughs> it's a bit of a weird reaction, but um, there's something about it was just so moving that I didn't want to go any further into that book. I didn't want to be moved like that again. So I guess I also wanted to talk about this poem as an example of being a terrible poetry reader and being a guilty poetry reader, being somebody who ends up reading everything but the classics that they they should read. So, yeah, there's, this poem's important to me and it's also one that makes me feel quite guilty. But before we get into the poem, um, I want to read you this piece from The Guardian's obituary for Judith Wright that was published in 2000 when she died at age 85. And it says that she managed to become the conscience of Australia on the vexed issues of Aboriginal rights and the environment before they became fashionable. One of only two Australian poets considered for the Nobel Prize for Literature, the other was A.D. Hope. Her works have been standard texts for many years in Australian schools and universities, but she deplored the way poetry was taught. Appreciation of poetry, one out of ten or whatever it might be, is quite alien to what a poet feels about poetry, she once said. I really love that and that's probably a good thing to keep in mind um, when you hear me read this poem. It's called Eroded Hills and it was written in 1950. These hills my father's father stripped and... Beggars to the winter wind, they crouch like shoulders, naked and whipped, humble, abandoned, out of mind. Of their scant creeks I drank once, and ate sour cherries from old trees found in their gullies, fruiting by chance. Neither fruit nor water gave my mind ease. I dream of hills bandaged in snow, their eyelids clenched to keep out fear. When the last leaf and bird go, let my thoughts stand like trees here. Let my thoughts stand. So that first stanza is interesting to me because even though this was written in 1950, well before Judith Wright moved to Braidwood, just outside of Canberra, where I'm from, um, it foreshadows that landscape. The hills around Braidwood very much are like this. They're stripped of trees and they do look naked and they're very much whipped by a cruel winter wind. So that's interesting to me. It's almost as if she's she's time traveling. And and between that first and second stanza, she's also doing that. She's sort of switching in terms of where she is as a speaker. So the first stanza you could 
pretty safely assume is a white, maybe is a, a white Australian speaker. And then the second stanza could be more of an Indigenous speaker. So if only because the people doing the drinking from the creeks and eating of the sour cherries are not going to be the ones stripping the hills. The interesting thing to me about that second stanza too is is why doesn't the fruit or water give the speaker's mind ease? Is that because they know that there's destruction coming? And then there's that last stanza where there's this sort of recognition of the destruction that's going to come. The the hills bandaged in snow, eyelids, eyelids clenched to keep out fear saying when the last leaf and bird go when the last leaf and bird go let my thoughts stand like trees here there's no easy neat ending to be had it's kind of as if she's saying you know I'm going to write about this landscape which has been so damaged and even though I know that the leaves and the birds are going to go eventually just let my thoughts stand here So maybe she was the conscience of Australia through her poetry, but she was, Judith Wright was much more than just that. In the mid-60s, she helped form the Wildlife Preservation Society of Queensland, and then when she moved to Braidwood for the last decades of her life from the 1970s, she and Nugget Coombs helped form the Aboriginal Treaty Committee. I really, I really loved just how straightforward she is in 1986 she says this in the Australian in an interview she did she says the whole attitude to Australia is that it's there to be raped and then talking about her father she says it used to pain him to see what other people did to the land sometimes he used to buy land in order to bring it back to proper proper condition again it's the patriarchal system that I object to the sort of system that pastoralists work under and the sort of attitudes they have to adopt don't leave much room for being a conservationist. I just love that because it's she has this recognition here that as a farmer, it's it, you may have a really strong love for the land, but the system that you work within doesn't allow you the room to be a conservationist. She was writing in the 1980s. Maybe things have changed to a certain extent since then, but I do like the pragmatism there that she has. So her last public appearance in 2000 was at a March for Reconciliation with Aboriginal people across the bridge in Canberra. And uh, the Judith Wright Centre says at this point she was full of hope that the tide might at last be turning. That's the other thing about this poem too and about everything that you read from and about Judith Wright is that it's still so powerful, so relevant, so urgent and maybe that's why it's a little bit difficult to read. It's, you know, sometimes you don't want to come into contact with your conscience that directly. But it's wonderful to know that she's there. She's still very much there. So even though I haven't read nearly enough Judith Wright, I did want to share that one with you. And I hope that it doesn't make you, it doesn't turn you off any further Judith Wright reading. I hope it sends you to find more of her work and to hear more about her life. If you've got a poem you want to tell people about, then get in touch, let me know at poetrysays.com or tweet me at poetrysays on Twitter. Thanks for listening. <laughs>